What's good, everybody? This is Fraternal Football. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. Welcome to another episode. Cam and Zach here. We got a lot to talk about this week. Sure do. Yeah, we got week 16. Holy shit. It's week 16. (laughs) It's almost like uh, that point in the semester for those of you going to school. You're like, damn, it's December already. I got shit due. Yes, you do. Playoffs are coming. A lot of action. We got prospects coming your way. Edge rushers this week. I know we talk a lot about quarterbacks. Skirt. Here's a little rerun here. We're going with rushers. The other top guys here. And then we got a little playoff picture action. Mostly Super Bowl picks. Maybe some comments. Maybe some of you like them. Others might not. Zach, what are your thoughts? Definitely really early Super Bowl picks. These are kind of just throwing it out there. You know, going for the shock value here today, folks. Sure. And with that, we will jump right into our week 16 picks. Thursday, probably one of the more intriguing matchups because I kind of don't know where this is going to go. We have San Francisco at Tennessee. I have San Fran in this one just because, well, they can run the ball. And that seems to be what matters in December. Yeah, I'm going Niners. I don't think this is really fair at this point. Uh, the Titans are, like, really bare bones on offense right now with all the injuries. Definitely going Niners. And for Saturday, because now we have Saturday football. And this is Christmas, by the way. This is Christmas. Good point, yeah. Zach. We have Christmas football. You're welcome. It's a little stocking stuffer for y'all. Actually, two. Cleveland at Green Bay. I got Green Bay in this uh, only because I don't. Is Cleveland getting their guys back? Maybe. Uh, nonetheless, they're a shell of themselves and Green Bay's hot. I don't know if Cleveland is essentially eliminated because of the Raiders' loss, but I know they're fourth place now in their division. So mm-hmm. playoff hopes aren't very high. I'm definitely going Green Bay. I don't even think this is close. Uh, Baker, Mullins. Keenum, whoever, I'm going Packers. Certainly won't be that close with uh, a competent team (laughs) playing them. Sorry, Raiders. Next, we have Indy at Arizona. I Arizona's gonna are they about to lose three in a row? (laughs) Uh, I'm going Indy. I I I can't see Arizona. They're kind of continuing the trend that they started last year of second half. They get cold. Ever since they, uh, well, ever since Kyler went out with injury and they had that loss to the Panthers, uh, it's kind of been downhill for them. I think they've only had one win over that stretch, and now they're coming in on a really tough schedule about to play Indy. And I think we looked it up earlier, and you said they play Seattle after that. Oh, and Dallas. Oh, and Dallas. Yeah. Man, Arizona could be in for a big slide going from the number one seed to probably a low wild card seed. Uh, I'm going to go Indy. Yeah, next we have probably a much less appetizing matchup, but I have Philly over the Giants. I'm hoping whoever, regardless, they, they throw Hurts or Minshew in there. Uh, and I know I saw a lot of Minshew jerseys this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go Philly. They're they're at least fairly competent overall. 
Yeah, I'm going Philly. Dan Jones out for the year. Uh, I forget what injury, uh, but I know. I forgot. I know he's out. Yeah, he didn't know he's out for the year. Uh, I think it's kind of easy. That offensive line in Philly has been kind of dominant this year. The Rams. I almost just said L.A. We have two teams. I forget. Sorry. The Rams at Minnesota. Uh, you know what? Rams kind of had one of their bigger victories just now with Seattle yesterday, even though it was a bit ugly. And I think they can beat a team that can't seem to not keep games close. So Rams. I'm going Rams here too. Obviously, I, you know, the Vikings are going to play close. We say it every week. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think Justin Jefferson, even how great he is, is tough to overcome the Rams. I mean, if you look at the teams right here, they're pretty similarly built off the running game with pretty dynamic receivers out wide and a competent quarterback. There's a lot of similarities, but the difference is the Rams got Aaron Donald. So I'm going Rams. Yeah, Donald's been hot. And for those of you keeping track, Zach just said Justin Jefferson's great, so keep tabs on that. <laughs> I feel like we go yes, back and forth very, on that one. Great. I keep, I keep well, shilling Justin Jefferson to him, and he's like, "Oh, well. <laughs> it's not. It's not that I don't like Jefferson. It's that it's his second year, and we've seen a lot of big flash in the pan guys, Josh Gordon. But you know, it, it's possible. You know, I just want to see more. The consistency is key." All right, you have to be good for for more than two years to be on Zach's radar. Next, to, we to, have to be elite. To be elite. All right, there we go. Fair enough. Fair enough. There, there are there are a lot of guys like that in his defense. Yes. Next, we have Buffalo at New England. Um, this one's kind of tough. I don't think it's like the the first time around. It might depend on the weather again, and. You know what? I kind of see Buffalo eking out a like a 23-17 kind of deal, but uh New England might have their number, kind of like the Bucks and Saints. Maybe, I don't know. I'm I'm going with Buffalo here. I think uh the Bills need this win more. And that's kind of what it's going to come down to. I definitely don't think the win's going to be a factor like it was last time. So, I think the Bills do have more top-end talent overall. So, I'm going to go with Buffalo. It'd be a, a skin in the game type of affair. For sure. Yeah. Then we have Tampa Bay at Carolina. Uh, Tampa's really hurt, but I'm sorry. They're just really good. And I, I heard Cam Newton's still starting. That's cool. But it's not enough. Tampa, big time. Yeah. I mean, Tampa's had their struggles lately, but I mean – yeah, I don't know. Cam Newton reunion hasn't really panned out the way I hoped it would. I'm about to go Tampa too. Great, great PR though, huh? Yeah, yeah, I made heard, me happy for a while. Heard, I heard Darnold <laughs> might might uh might get some snaps. I hope not. <laughs> if Darnold sake. gets Darnold, Darnold might as well get snaps. Man, he's better than PJ Walker. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're just shoving anyone in there just to make people happy a little bit. I think we're just trying to get through this year. Yeah, yeah, seems like it. Another team that's trying to get through this year, actually two teams, Jacksonville at the Jets. Uh, you know, I almost feel like I don't want to pick a winner 
because they're both losers. Uh, Jacksonville, maybe. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence is better than than the. I'm forgetting his name. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. There you go. That's yeah. how irrelevant the New York sport scene is in terms of football lately. So, yeah, Jacksonville. Well, uh, I'm definitely going uh, Jacksonville. I think they can run the ball. That's something the Jets kind of struggle to do. <laughs> and the Jets can't stop anybody. Yeah, I could tell because so. the I left I mean, James Robinson seen... on my bench, fantasy, and I paid for it. Yeah. Hey, well, we've seen Jacksonville keep bus- Buffalo from scoring, you know. So we've seen that defense has some potential, at least. We haven't really seen that from the Jets, so I'm going to go Jacksonville. Yeah. Although both are pretty shit. Single-handedly with Josh Allen on Josh Allen, huh? Mm. That was a hell of a week, yeah. Next, we have <clears throat> Detroit at Atlanta. You know, Detroit's <laughs> – it feels weird saying Detroit's been hot, but – uh, I guess it feels in, like in, it. Yeah. In, in terms of what they've done lately, then, then yeah. So, but you know, Atlanta, Atlanta's better. And I'm just going to go with the team that's, that's not falling. Or, what's the, actually, Atlanta. This one's, this one's kind of a tough one. <laughs> I, I'd never bet on Atlanta. <laughs> like, I don't want to bet on Atlanta either. So maybe that just leads me to go Detroit. I'm is, going is Detroit. This another one. I, I picked Detroit. I just can't you know, fathom betting on Atlanta. Like I, I almost had that like back in my head. Like, what are you doing? Are you really gonna pick them? No. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going Detroit. I mean, Swift. I don't even think he's back yet. But I don't know. I like a lot of things Detroit's been doing. They're scrappy, down from their coach down. You know, like they just I haven't think. mailed it in. Hey, Dan Campbell kind of galvanizes them. They don't have a lot of talent, but they're they're pretty scrappy. And, you know, I actually really like their uh, rookie wide receiver, Amonra St. Brown, out of USC. Pretty nice player. Kind of a little uh, under the radar this year. Yeah, I used to watch him in college. I was like, you know what? I hope that guy's special. He has a sweet name. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty good. Next, I have the Chargers at Houston. Uh, you know what? This feels like a game the Chargers could drop because they're they just have those. But I will give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been pretty good, and I think they kind of need a win like this to make sure they get in. So I'd like to see them win this. Yeah, I'm picking Chargers. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, Houston's kind of sold out on tanking, trading away Mark Ingram, releasing Philip Lindsay. Yeah, you know, I think unlike the Lions, Davis, oh, excuse me, Davis Mills, a rookie quarterback, uh, going against a defensive head coach and Brandon Staley. I think it's going to be kind of a rough day for them. So I'm definitely going the Chargers. Then we have Baltimore at Cincinnati. I do not know what's going on with Baltimore's uh, yeah. situation. I gave up trying. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, this is probably going to be a, an ugly, scrappy, uh, physical kind of game because that's what that division kind of does. 
And I, I don't think there's going to be a real definitive winner here. But I think Baltimore might be a little more desperate. So I'm going to give them that. But I could really see Cincinnati also just well, actually, putting it together. I'm on the opposite side of the fence here. I'm going since he, uh, I just think, I especially if Lamar's out, I don't even know what that situation is. I think he's back, right? As far as I know. Maybe. But he hasn't even been playing well. He's kind of had a lot of really ugly interceptions the last few weeks when he has played. And, uh, you know, since he's defense a little opportunistic, they can run the ball. So they get a few turnovers. I don't know, maybe a pick or a fumble or two. I think since he can kind of control that game because they run the ball pretty well. So I'm going Cincy. Next, we have Chicago at Seattle. I'm going to go Seattle just because they can at least compete with the Rams. And it seems like the Bears can't compete with anybody. Uh, so, well, there you have it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm going Seattle, too. I mean, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, who, uh, who are you taking? You know, I mean, I saw an interesting stat too, actually on Twitter. Uh, Justin Fields has 10 interceptions and 12 fumbles in 12 games. Jeez. 20, <laughs> 22 turnovers. I actually don't know if that stat's an official uh, fumbles lost or if it's just total fumbles, but either way, it doesn't look good. And yeah. Even still, Seattle's defense isn't the greatest. You can't give Russell Wilson many extra opportunities and expect to win a game. So I'm going to go Seattle. Fair enough. Uh, I will say that I think situation matters, and I think Matt Nagy's probably going to bear the brunt of whatever's happening there. And yeah, maybe it's not fair to Fields, but that's kind of it's kind of what happens when you're when you're the Bears their organization so while they do have good skill position players the bears uh kind of leave a little bit to be desired you know they don't really have that truly dynamic number one guy i don't know if alvin robinson really is that anymore and he's probably going to be gone too so doesn't even seem like he really wants to be there i don't know i don't think a lot of people want to be there but we also have a spot where people do want to be we have pittsburgh at KC, both excellent franchises overall. And KC has picked it up like a lot. Like it seems like they've been ramping up every week, uh, winning any sort of way they can, whether Mahomes is good or not. It seems like he's only been great against the Raiders this season. Lucky me. But. <laughs> You know, maybe he's just passable here. And I know Pittsburgh's defense just gives them a lot of opportunities, and that's why they've stuck through all the wins and losses and, and the, the highs and lows this season. But I think KC's defense is going to step up just enough. So I, I see, like, another 23-17 type deal, like a, a close, like, touchdown game, but, like, KC has a definitive edge somehow. 
Yeah, I'm going to go KC. I think it just kind of comes down to what offense is going to score more, and I have a little bit more faith in Pat Mahomes. Uh, I think both teams, the defense kind of led them the last couple of weeks, and even the Steelers getting a little bit of improbable wins and playing teams close when uh, we probably don't think they should have. But KC should win this game, especially they're number one seed right now. they got to keep this momentum going if they don't win this game. They can really throw the playoff order and whack in the AFC. So I'm uh, going to have to go with KC. Then we have Denver at Las Vegas. I'm going to pick, begrudgingly pick Denver in this game just because last time we these two teams played, Las Vegas had its shit together, sort of. They fired Gruden, but, you know, it was before Ruggs and before Arnett held up guns and all that so i think it's they they barely beat a team with like half the roster gone (laughs) and uh nick bowens and i don't think that's enough to beat a team that did the denver beat the chargers they were close at least right they did beat the chargers Um, Uh, i don't i don't think the raiders can can compete with a team that's at least uh technically sound on one side of the ball i actually have to disagree because uh there's one key factor drew lock is starting this week yeah i'm betting more against the car and the offense this week <laughs> you know i think i don't think certain and those guys have really went up uh, against a receiver like hunter renfro with all the shiftiness and the, a lot of the hip fakes and he gets a lot of extra stuff on his routes. He can be kind of really hard to stick to. So I don't think the offense going to have too much trouble. I think they've kind of played off of that enough. And the problem really has been they couldn't get Josh Jacobs going this year. But because Denver's really secondary heavy, I could see them kind of trying to pound the rock against them, especially now that they're a little thinner in linebacker, trading away Von Miller early in the year and, I'm not really a huge fan of uh, Kenny Young, the linebacker they got in return. Um, but, yeah, man, I could easily see Las Vegas taking this. I also don't really have a lot of faith in Drew Locke. And Teddy Bridgewater, for sure, I'd be going Denver all the way. But after hearing Drew Locke starting this week, I'm definitely going Vegas. Yeah, I think it's – yeah, if if Waller comes back, I don't know what – his deal is then maybe you know it shifts my focus a little bit but I don't like the idea of having Renfro as the best receiver currently playing and that's it and then not being able to get the ground game running consistently but you know what any given Sunday we'll see uh seven and seven yeah seven and seven we're not out of it yet and I'm no, honestly just a little thankful seed. to you're play. Actually, you actually have tiebreakers over the Ravens, That's over true. Miami. That is also true. You you guys are in actual a kind of a driver's seat to get a wild card. <laughs> you have uh, more of a chance right now than a few teams that are probably a little bit better. You know what? I, I think I could speak for most Raider fans here. And to be playing somewhat meaningful games in December is, is a blessing in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, finally, we have 
Washington at Dallas. I don't know what Washington's deal is with all their guys out, too. Is Heineke going to be back? I would assume so. Uh, regardless, I will still put, I will still pick Dallas uh, because yeah. they are just fairly consistent, and I think Parsons is enough to really, you know, quell the Washington offense. You know, I just, I just don't see a lot there. Well, uh, Washington's not. They're not in the driver's seat for their playoff push now that they lost to Philly. Philly's kind of taken over their spot in the playoff hunt and Washington kind of has to hope. So I think they're not in a position to back down, but then again, they've been so ravaged with injuries. I think Dallas is going to have to win this game if they want to prove a point that they're the best team in the division. And this loss will eliminate Washington from the playoffs. Yeah. You really got to see, um, Dallas putting a dagger in or at least wanting to enough. Mm. All right. And finally, finally, because (laughs) I spoke too soon, we actually do have a Monday game. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which I apparently forget about on a weekly basis. We have Miami at New Orleans. You know what? This is my chance to say I'm sorry to Brian Flores. Apparently, they do have a, a fairly tight ship in Miami, and they just did not start well, and now they're all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give them this. So I think they could pull it off against the Saints. I don't. I think the Saints had a great week last week, a, an emotional win, and usually that's kind of followed up with a tough loss if you don't keep your head on straight, and I don't think they will. Yep, I'm going to Miami too. You know, it seems like since that Baltimore win, that was really the truly defining win when they really felt the momentum turn in their favor. And since then, they've been rolling. Miami's been damn good. And I think they're creeping in the playoff hunt. I think they could really make a push for that last seed in the playoffs. And uh, Tua's been playing pretty good. Didn't have his best game last week. But overall, he's he's been a lot better than people have wanted to give him credit for that that's a fair point yeah he's you know game manager or whatever you win six games no one gives shit yeah he's, he's like alex smith a little bit a little reminiscent yeah you know, it's I not exciting all the time but the, the fucking chiefs won wins. games though <laughs> yeah dolphins are winning too yeah i mean there there's there's something to be said for that you, get all caught up in this or that but you know wins losses (laughs) still matter (laughs) all right you want to segue us into do you want to do the our draft prospects edge rushers or you want to do a little little playoff talk uh we can go a little playoff talk first you know we'll play end it off with the edge rushers all right what are you getting uh, thoughts in the playoffs you know, I, I, I have quite a few, although I, I mostly summarize them in a little, little click, clickbait sort of statements here. Uh, for the AFC, I have the Chiefs versus everybody else. Maybe New yeah. England and Indy are in the mix. There's a lot of 
there might be a team that just comes out of nowhere in the AFC is my my sort of thing. But my point with the Chiefs is that they have the best quarterback. They have the experience. They have probably the best coach outside of Belichick, at least. But they have a better quarterback than Belichick. And that matters. And, you know, with the, the other teams, the AFC is open. You know, but is it really like who who else has what Casey has going for him? Tennessee doesn't have their best player. Yeah, it's not a lot Indy. to be a savior. I I'd think. say Indy. Yeah. The unheralded defense you talk smack about, best running game in the league, and quarterback who's gotten a lot of flack but has played pretty damn well this year. Yeah, and what? I'd say New England. Yeah. The most experienced coach in the league in all these toughest situations, the best coach in the league in all of these situations, and in a sport like football where coaching is the ultimate difference, I think Belichick is just the best. You know, Mac Jones isn't going to play mistake-prone uh, football. You know, so you always have a chance if you're not turning the ball over. You know, I could see a scenario, uh, unless the Colts come in and just disrupt it, which I could very well see too. I, I'm kind of with you on on where they're at. Uh, yeah, where I see both those teams is very similar. I could see a scenario where the Chiefs meet the Patriots in the AFC title game, and Bill Belichick out schemes Andy for most of the game, and they hold, they keep it really close, and they hold Mahomes down, but then Mahomes kind of comes back. And just makes that decisive play and kind of edges them out. I don't know, man. This year, he hasn't been scattershot with that killer instincts kind of lacking. The variance is that kind of those crazy plays he's been getting away with have kind of been crazy interceptions or, I don't know. It seems like he's he's trying to press too much. Like he's he's the guy and he's kind of not just letting the game come to him. Yeah, I think so. I also think maybe that when it truly matters that none of that actually, like none of the noise is, is ringing in his ears. You and I think that, he'll come through. Look at Peyton Manning. What do you mean? Peyton Manning, the, mo- the most successful quarterback to always choke. Oh, you're right. You know what? We only remember the two times he didn't. <laughs> hey, but... And then and then a few of the that actually, yeah, you, you get a point. You know, we remember the Saints game too and the Hey, look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's yeah, been that... a long time since he's won any real valuable games. I mean And you mean N- NFC title games or Super Bowl? He hasn't Bowls? been to a Super Bowl in over a decade now. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna use that to segue into my my NFC bit. Uh, I I'm gonna bet on them this year. Uh, in the way that in the way that someone at a Vegas slot machine bets that they're gonna <laughs> score the jackpot. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna just pull that dial down one more time, uh, and bet that you know what all all the stuff going on the. You know the you know what this kind of seems like to me is one of those uh was it the America's game things where they're like, oh man, you know, they just went through all this all this shit early in the season. 
and it, you know, how are they going to come out of it? And, but then they end up kicking everyone's ass and, and like taking names and just going right through the playoffs. And somehow they get a little bit of uh, fortune on their side to go with that hard work. And maybe this is it. So those your, uh, that's your Super Bowl pick right there. I'm going to go Bay versus yeah, I'm gonna KC. Go KC Green Bay. And I, I, I honestly wanted to think going to win luck. that. The Buccaneers were in it beforehand, but at a certain point, you're going to lose half of that sweet roster. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's on offense. Well, who, Can Brady just, just do it? Maybe. Who do you got? Uh, you know what? And if it becomes Casey and Green Bay, I'll go Green Bay because I, I think that's where Casey's luck would run out. And I think if Aaron Rodgers gets there, he'll get it done. And I don't care who's on Green Bay's defense, Eric Stokes, whatever, rookie corners, whoever. It they kind of shown that it doesn't really matter. So, oh, they're very deep. Yeah, they're very deep, and now they have a coach that does something. <laughs> and I yeah. think they've had enough time with that coach, and you know, it just maybe a little more aggressiveness. No field goals, We're talking touchdowns, but don't go for it on everyone. Looking at you, Brandon Staley and John Harbaugh. But just a little bit, and uh, that might be enough for Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know. Green Bay is hard. I, Aaron Rodgers, I love that man. You know, he is the best quarterback in the league right now. Not Mahomes. It's Rodgers. And... I still can't see them doing it, man. There's just something about them playoffs. It's like they got the yips, you know. Mm. But I, I, I could see it. They're very good, and they're kind of a different team than they have been in the past. They're kind of a power element to their running scheme now, mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. Um, but another team that uh, they actually this player that allows them to be a power running team, Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm from Tampa is out until the playoffs start. I saw a report today, but it'll be back for playoffs. I'm going to pick Tampa versus new England and the Super Bowl, And I'm going new England winning Mac Jones, the first rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You know, analytics will tell you that eventually it's going to happen. No rookie quarterback has ever won the Super Bowl, but why not this year? Yeah. I think, I think this is the most wide open. Yeah, this is the most wide open. I think the Super Bowl has been in a couple years. Yeah, for sure. Since at least the Eagles year. Yeah, I, honestly, you, you could say that. And I, I honestly would guess that I'm wrong and that most people are wrong and that we're going to see some stuff happen that's just like, oh, my God, how'd that happen? Well, because it's open <laughs> this year. Yeah, hey. Yeah. I'm not even the highest on Mac Jones, but like, hey, even I recognize, you know, yeah, you can't doubt Bill. I think he's going to get his credit. You know, I think he's going to win a close game over Brady and people are going to be like, okay, once. I, you yeah. know, you know, and I'll, I'll make Tampa's case just quickly that it's like, you know what? You kind of get the bucks kind of get the benefit of the doubt because they have a 44 year old MVP candidate who, by the way, is went to 10 Super Bowls and is releasing, releasing a documentary on all 10 of those Super Bowls. Man in the Arena, really sweet. Check it out. 
if you just kind of bet on any of Tom's teams to make Super Bowl, you're you're probably gonna be right like a fair amount of the time, just with no context. So that that's a fair yeah. point. <laughs> and you know what? I think at, it, the NFL would lose it in in a very good way. Like just lose it if the Patriots and the Buccaneers made Super Bowl. Can you imagine those TV ratings? That would be insane. Like I, it would melt faces, melt faces. Oh man, oh man, I would be betting on the Pats, man. <laughs> so I, I would love that, and I hope I'm wrong for that exact scenario to happen. If any other scenario besides the one I predicted and and the Col- or I'm sorry, the Patriots Bucks happens, then I might be a little disappointed. But, yeah, you know. those those uh those two are certainly the marquee matchups that are possible. Aside from p- possible rematch like a uh, KC versus Tampa, but that that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so you want to talk edge? Ed yeah. Rogers? Let me just throw a a quick quick little thought on some fringe teams out there for those that are like, oh well, what about my team? They have a shot. They're in there. Rams. Probably best shot will be next year. I think that, you know, McVay Stafford thing needs a little more time to marinate. Definitely. Probably next year is going to be their best shot. So load up and get ready. Cardinals, not inspiring. I want to see Cliff win a game like that or <sighs> multiple games in January. I, I cannot, you know, I'm not inspired for that. Um, who else do I have here? We got the the Bengals and the AFC not ready yet. Need a little more time in the oven to cook. I think I have the Chargers in that scenario as well. I think in the coming years they will, you know, sort of bud a little more and just take off, and then they'll be a real real threat. But not this year. Uh, Baltimore, who the heck knows what's going on there? Could be uh, injuries. Yeah, injuries. Is how many could they take and be and be in it? I don't know. Uh, maybe they're dark horse. Maybe they're just too. I think they're out there. out. Yeah. Well, they're not in the playoffs right now. Uh, yeah, they are currently. No, no. Yeah, it's Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Baltimore in that division. Oh, if they, if yeah. they lose, no, Cincinnati needs to be. Yeah, they're not they lose, in the playoffs. Yeah, and that that That's that'll be is, huge. Yeah. So, but uh, honestly, I think it's it's really going to come down to the teams that we discussed earlier. But you know what? If any year's gonna be wacky, it'll be this one. <laughs> All right, now now I'm ready for some some edge talk. I'll let you you lead that off. All right. So we talk a lot of quarterbacks, draft, you know, that's the the position everyone cares about. But we figured since we've been breaking down quarterbacks individually. We'll hold off on a quarterback uh, top 10 list for the draft, and we'll start out with the next important position, most important, which is edge, edge rushers, pass rushers, uh, specifically more like outside linebackers and 4-3 defensive ends, 3-4 outside linebackers and 4-3 ends. We're not going to be talking uh, much 3-4 ends here, if at all. Um but for my first guy, I got Clavon Thibodeau out of Oregon, 6'5", 260. The most raw athlete, just pure physical talent of the mm-hmm. draft class. 
there's there's maybe a little bit of a lack of motor on every down. I know uh, Cameron's pointed that out a lot. But uh, if that guy puts it together, we're looking at a Miles Garrett kind of physical freak. I don't know if he'll uh, come in with exact measurables of Garrett. You might consider him more of a poor man's Garrett. I kind of consider him – he reminds me of a lot of Everson Griffin. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of my comp for him. But uh, who do you got as your number one? I actually have Aiden Hutchinson. And I will be talking mostly about the first few guys because, you know, frankly, I just don't have the resources to dive in every prospect. So I had to narrow my scope, but still come up with 10. So mostly aggregated lists for the rest after the first few. However, I looked and watched Hutchinson's tape uh, out of Michigan and I liked him a lot. I saw a lot of power. He can move guys around. Guards, tackles, tight ends, does not matter. He sets the edge well, which I think translates well for the run game. So he's not going to just be a power rusher alone. Um, I think that's definitive. You can contrast that with Thibodeau. Uh, I, he played really well in a big game versus Ohio State, which is something I look for at least. Uh, How do you do when the stakes are really high? He dominated. He also has the projection, the production, not projection, to match his status, I think. He had, what, like 14 sacks, something like that. Yeah, 14. Yeah, so he's also producing. But the thing that I like the most and what I – contrasted with Thibodeau which kind of set the bar for my him as my first pick uh, Hutchinson is that he seems to almost never give up pursuit even when it looks like he's very much out of the play he's still chasing guys down like he like he, he will run you down and I put a premium on that myself yeah well that leads me into my number two Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> you know it's you're really grasping at straws it's like do you want the ultimate physical upside Thibodeau per, you know that's what he really provides is he has even a higher physical upside but then Aiden Hutchinson really kind of pulls together a lot of more uh, tangible traits like better hands higher effort um, like you said his pursuit is kind of crazy for a defensive end, especially a lot of those guys do give up once uh, the ball is past their heads. But yeah, you know, I think either guy you put one or two here, you can't go wrong. I like both of them a lot. Uh, I think both are going to be pretty productive players and I don't really see the bus potential very high for either. Although Thibodeau, shouldn't especially horror Hutchinson but I'd be willing to bet Hutchinson will uh, hang on a little better as a primary pass rusher but Thibodeau definitely needs to be around other guys right now I don't think he'd be able to take on a lot of doubles or off the bat in the NFL well it wouldn't be fraternal football if we didn't have some fraternal takes here I have Thibodeau as my second <laughs> 
Uh, I put that he's a. I, I actually watched the most tape on him. I watched uh both Utah games. Um, actually, both of them I watched fully, and then I watched his uh snaps versus Fresno and versus uh which other one UCLA. And he's he's a near freak athlete. I think I think he has almost the the physical traits and gifts to be a freak like like bona fide i think he's close enough to that without you know being like six nine and like you know usain bolt fast or something but that freak athleticism or near freak athleticism allows him to wreck some games and i pointed to the fresno game in particular i think it was like the first play of the game that he had uh, a play that led to a touchdown if i'm not to be understood correctly and also ucla it seemed like he dominated until they doubled him i don't think that's as reliable at the nfl level just because well everyone is kind of a freak athlete at least the better guys so to stand at the cream of the crop there you have to really be like a legit freak and I, I don't know if he's that, but he, I think he has the highest upside because uh, physical traits give you that. Um, and you can work on the other stuff that you can teach, like pass rush technique, and you can't work on that physical stuff. I think that's what Zach usually goes with a lot. Uh, you can't you know, teach the things it, yeah. you can't teach. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to our third guy. I don't know. Uh, oh. I, I think gonna... ours is similar. I got George Karloftis here. Yep. Purdue. Uh, 6'4", 270. He's not, he's not a run defender. He's not really going to take on those impact blocks. And that's kind of – I don't know if I'd consider him a first-round pick because of that. And with that, we kind of hit the drop-off right away at third. I think after Thibodeau and Hutchinson, it's really what style of edge rusher you really like as a team. Um, and Karloftis is, he's a bigger edge rusher, but I think he could still play 4 3 because I think he's quick on the edge and uh, he has really good hands. But he's not a guy that's going to play the run very well. And he might start early in his years as a, more of a primary pass rusher, kind of like Yannick Nagakwe on the Raiders. Yeah, he's also my third. And I watched tape versus Iowa uh, when Iowa was ranked two uh, earlier in the year. So I, I didn't watch as much on him, but I I kind of I kind of disagree on the hand thing. I feel like uh, he's a speed guy who gets who can get around a tackle. But he get when he goes inside, at least in that game, uh, and maybe this is just small sample size. It looked like he he wasn't good at with his he had kind of a weak hand game. Like he he got hands on his chest, and he wasn't able to you know put any pass any technique to get around other than his athleticism. So it seems like he doesn't have any moves that are just overwhelming and i think that's he has the... a okay hand game 
I think it's yeah. just uh, he doesn't really win a lot from the inside. Mm-hmm. He has to kind of set the edge. So when he's yeah. asked to do loops or stunts, his production's not really the same. That's why he's not a good run defender because uh-huh. uh, he doesn't really defeat impact blocks. And usually those guards are a lot more round and sturdy as opposed to more long tackles. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I saw is that he, he's great to set an edge and be out, out being athletic and in some space maybe. But I, I can't see him being stout in the run game. So that's kind of one dimensional and then I, I can't really see him winning other than with his speed mostly and just getting up faster than the guy in front of him but you know maybe that's in his other tape yeah I don't know yeah. it's, it's a big drop from the first two guys I think I have a feeling this is where our list is going to differ quite a bit <laughs> uh, number four I got Drake Jackson out of UFC He's uh, 6'4", 255. He's kind of your typical 4'3 edge rusher. Uh, he can also play outside linebacker. I think he's kind of uh, – he's fast enough, and I don't know if he really has experience coverage. I haven't watched too many coverage snaps of his, but I liked him coming out of high school. He's a name I heard a lot. And, you know, USC still gets some big recruits every now and then. They have a receiver coming up in this draft class, actually, who I like a lot as well. Also named but, Drake. Yeah, uh, although that's his last name <laughs> instead of first name in this case. Uh, but Drake Jackson, you know, he's uh, kind of your typical speed rusher. I like those kind of guys. That's my kind of rusher. So, Yeah, I, this is where my limitations set in. <laughs> Partly because I, you know, it's, it takes a lot to have the time to look into all these guys. So I'm mostly aggregated from this point on and will lean towards Zach in the form of analysis. But I have David Ojabo from Michigan as my fourth guy. I, I keep hearing a lot about him and he seems very high on a lot of other lists. So and I, I noticed him in the game versus Iowa in the championship. Seemed like he was shoving everybody around. So I, I, I like that. I like that, yeah. that one-two tandem they have going on. I uh, I got him at five. I mean, um, the thing about Ojabo is, uh, especially being by Hutchinson on the same, like, team, it, it kind of has a Aaron Donald effect, in college at least, when you have a really good pass rusher. He kind of creates opportunities for teammates to get sacks. We see that in the NFL a lot with Aaron Donald. And uh, I think a similar situation could be happening. I'm not saying that Ojabo's not going to be a good pro. I actually think he has great size and length. And, uh, you know, he's definitely in a program where he's getting really solid coaching. I believe in John Harbaugh. But, you know, I I do think the drop-off after the first two guys is kind of significant. And Ojabo doesn't really Mm -hmm. seem – to have that first step like Jackson does. That's why I had to have him at five. <clears throat> Here at six, uh, I got Kingsley. I think that's who you had next as well, right? Uh, did you did you skip one? I don't think I said my five. Oh, your five is Kingsley, right? Uh, yeah, my five is, is Kingsley, South Carolina. 
Yeah, I, I like him. 6'4", 270. He's kind mm-hmm. of a pure muscle kind of rusher. He just, He's got the size. He yeah, he doesn't look as big as 270, but you know, I, he's probably just freaking ripped, man. You know, South Carolina has these test facilities at SEC. And, you know, dude is pretty big. I just think it's a lot that we haven't heard about really any, any rusher from there since Clowney, and it seems like we've been just waiting for a guy, and this seems like kind of the guy. Oh, well, uh, we had Kinlaw. Javon yeah. Kinlaw. Yeah, we had, we had Kinlaw, yeah. He's Although an he's kind guy, of, but... Seems like he's disappearing a bit in the NFL. But yeah. Maybe this guy does too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got Kingsley six. So oh, um, I have Drake Jackson six. And uh it it seems like mostly a production question, but you could also argue who, who can produce on that on this year's USC team. They're pretty bad. Yeah. So I don't well, necessarily blame him for that. I also see production as kind of like uh, Gregory Rosu last year with the Bills. He got drafted late in the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of production this last year in Miami, but he had all the size and the speed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think Drake Jackson's kind of similar in that regard. Yeah, I think that's what you look for in these not top couple of pass rushers. You're kind of just looking for maybe upside like that. Yeah. Uh, so seventh. I got Cameron Thomas. <clears throat> I'm not the highest on him, especially it's mostly to do with the uh, level of competition. I'm not usually high on edge defenders that come out of smaller conferences like the Mount West, Conference USA, Sunbelt. There's been guys that have been good, I'm sure, you know, but uh, typically you just want to see edge rushers against the best possible linemen in college because there's not a very large amount of very good linemen in college mm-hmm. so even subpar edge guys can kind of dominate this competition on the opposite side of the ball and i don't know if the production he has at san diego state is really nfl level yeah. uh, there's just concerns there mm-hmm. I have Derek Hall out of Auburn as my seventh, and I'm kind of going out on a limb, uh, mostly because it seems like these guys kind of can be shuffled around in the order at this point. And I did, he did seem to make a difference in Iron Bowl. And so I'm just kind of going out, and I have Cam Thomas as my eighth. So I'm, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to the SEC guy. And the fact that I, I just watched uh, San Diego State play UTSA, and I, I could have sworn I did not. Like, Cam Thomas is, is a top 10 guy, but I like I didn't notice him in that game at all. Derek Hall is interesting. He's kind of a smaller guy. I actually got him at nine. I got Logan Hall ahead of him. But uh, Derek Hall, he's kind of that tweener. I think he's going to gain a little traction because of Micah Parsons being a uh, – probably more of an off-ball linebacker in terms of body type there's actually two guys on my list like that um but still a guy who played edge in college so he has some pass rushing skills i could see Derek hall fitting up there you know mm-hmm. yeah i got a uh, logan hall before him though like i said he i believe out of houston 
He's kind mm-hmm. of a bigger size of a typical 4-3 edge rusher, more of a rare uh, kind of rusher than, say, what Derek Hall is. Um, so I, I'd just go with Logan Hall based off the physical attributes. I think he's a guy who's going to test pretty well at the combine. This guy mm-hmm. might rise a little bit. He's kind of flying around in the uh, – uh, the, the, I almost said the AFC – the uh, American Conference Championship. I, I noticed. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy. I think he's going to test pretty well at the Combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be rising up draft boards. I could even see him going as high as the second round. Yeah. The team really falls for him. Yeah, he's but, my uh, ninth. Yeah. yeah, I got Derek Hall at nine. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like Derek Hall. Uh, like I said, he's probably going to get a lot of uh, Micah Parsons comps just because of the body type and yeah. versatility aspect although i don't think Derek hall has a ton of experience in coverage could be wrong i haven't done a deep deep dive on his tape mm-hmm. but typically when you're discussing an edge defender you don't really assume they have a ton of coverage tape and he is smaller than your average edge defender got him listed at 6'2 238 mm-hmm. uh so he's he really is kind of an off-ball linebacker in size um that also brings me to my last guy, 10th guy on my list, Nick Bonito. Likewise. Yeah. Also, the same exact kind of mold as Derek Hall, that uh, undersized edge who really has the body type of that off-ball linebacker like Micah Parsons. Neither of these guys, by the way, I don't think are going to test as well as Micah Parsons, although I think both will test pretty well. But I could also see both these guys having to make the transition to off-ball linebacker. Um, yeah. but they're just kind of small. Um, Nick Petonio, I got him listed at 6'3", 235. Mm. Yeah, yeah those guys aren't really going to win. Yeah, they're not going to win against tackles consistently. Not at the next level, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially Nick Bonito. I've seen a little bit of his tape, and when – the lineman get a hand on his chest is kind of over. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to win off the bat with the speed. And, you know, that's that can work if you're doing it in some packages or off stunts, whatnot, every once in a while. But uh, he's going to definitely need to develop a coverage game. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, as a side note, uh, I'd, I'd like to throw some uh, appreciation towards Parsons' way. It seems like he's really, I mean, we, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I think he's bringing about, at least noticeably, a, a new paradigm in terms of, of pass rushers and maybe even just defenders in general. Maybe I think Zach brought up Isaiah Simmons and the more general aspect of that. But I, I, I appreciate this new kind of new kind of player that, that Parsons yeah. is and and you know, maybe we see more guys like that coming out now that he's doing so well. Definitely. I think the time of the hybrid uh, linebacker, it's going to be like a linebacker safety, basically Jamal Adams, except one that can cover. Mm, and not worth two first rounders, right? <laughs> well, they probably will be because they can cover and yeah. still do the sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Seahawks. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of player, just like its peak, though, you know, that's going to be the modern linebacker. 
of yeah. the future really yeah that's not exciting. The, i guess not modern <laughs> the, the the modern of the future the modern <laughs> of the future that's correct yeah uh, and with that this concludes another episode of fraternal football unless you have any last minute thoughts z well, no, I think we've uh, hit it. All right. Mark, Micah Parsons, the goat. Oh, yeah. Good night. See you guys later. Check us out on Instagram at Fraternal Football Podcast. Twitter coming soon. We're getting a social media presence going. Also, we are on like eight different podcasting services including spotify which you're most likely listening to apple podcasts now stitcher uh, like five more check us out on a variety uh we got stickers everywhere slide into our dms on social media engage maybe you want to be on the show let us know we're out there and we're available This has been Fraternal Football. Cam and Zach signing off. This episode is brought to you by How to Pest. Once again, they are good enough for the Lakers. They are good enough for you. Point taken. That's it. That's all you need. Just go hit them up right now. Do it.